Welcome back to another episode of Storm King's Teddy, session 28. Uh, and quite a session, yeah, Kat? Yeah, um, we last left off, um, you know, preparing for what we all assumed was a fight. And a fight it was because a whole session was at one encounter. Yeah, so we were probably, I don't know what, 15 minutes or so doing some planning before we dove in to the fight and then literally finished the last opponent almost at the stroke of the hour. Yep. So, um, session 28, we left off where we had been rescued from the side of the mountain where we had gone into that, uh, giant monastery, the eye of the all father. And, uh, so on our way back, we decided that we were going to, uh, what were they, what did they call that, uh, the, the well or the, the depression in the land that all of the Thrykeen were being drawn to? I, something, oh, I have a picture up of it right in front of me. It's Bri, Brianna's or Brianna's well. Yeah, that sounds right. And so we were supposed to be investigating this for Tick Tick. That was one of the um, NPC quests that we, kind of side quests that we'd been given before we left Stormreach. And we decided to hit that on the way back since the uh, Cloud Giant um, tower had taken us uh, to the Eye of the Allfather. So um, Keelan was still all despondent over... Uh, Harshnag being killed in the uh, in the last session, and uh, is it uh, Decephony? Was that one of the uh, people on the ship? She was talking to Keelan, trying to get her to cheer up and feeding her tea and that kind of thing. But um, Keelan was a is still kind of a mess over that. She's um, she's convinced that. Um, we should have done more for Harshnag and, um, but, um, so she was ready for this when found out that it was going to be a straight up fight. She was almost spoiling for it. Um, so we did do a small amount of planning. Uh, so this, uh, this depression in the ground or, um, it, it almost looks like somebody took a, a post hole digger and, shoved it down in the ground and kind of hollowed out around the inside. So you couldn't see everything from the air, but you could see, um, you know, a large portion. And what we saw were, uh, several Thrykeen. Uh, we saw a, uh, a few Goliaths, including a leader. Um, and, uh, we did all of this with, uh, staying in the airship and using binoculars to see all this stuff. Uh, we caught a glimpse of a minotaur um, coming out of a um, like a waterfall area, and so we we knew that uh, going in that was, or at least to my mind, I thought that was going to be the fight right there. Was the leader and the minotaur? What did you think? Um, it was a uh, or, manticore. A manticore, not a minotaur. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. I. Yes, I I pretty much agree with you. It was pretty much the leader of the the Goliath band dudes and the Manticore were like the two biggest threats 
or at least like HVTs of the fight. Um, so I was on the same page as you. I was like, okay, there's like eight to nine jobbers, a shaman, the Goliath, and like his little entourage. And then there is about six or seven Thrykeen that were all mind controlled. Yeah, and so there, there were very, more there, but those were the only ones that were like combatants. Right, yes. So it was a very populated and uh, uh, combat arena. There was a rope that led from the regular ground level down into the depression. And so we kind of, in our little planning session, decided that uh, we had seen a sacrifice on this altar and um, had decided that the totem poles near the altar were relevant somehow. And so Mask attuned themselves to the um, fire rune that we found in, at the Eye of the Allfather and then used a potion of gaseous form to move down into the depression and over to the totem poles where there were no combatants. We had to wait approximately an hour for his uh, potion to wear off. So during that time, we dropped Portia and Lars off next to the rope that went down from surface level. And then you and I rappelled in from the airship, kind of shock trooper style, and away from that other rope so as to give them advantage on stealth checks to come in and, and get a surprise round. Yep. Um, I think we all could have made like a stealth check, but you and I in heavy armor, it wouldn't have been a good stealth check. So, uh, I didn't like, as we were planning, I wasn't really sure how to approach this. So I was just like, just fucking throw me in the middle of everyone and I'll just deal with it. Uh, cause I did see a group of a very dense clustered group of about, Probably, I would say, I can't remember how many. Um, I think it was eight, I'm going to say. Like, warriors and barbarians off to the one side. And I saw saw all of them, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to champion challenge all of them, and they're all going to fight me. And they ended up doing that. But So, um, round one, we repelled in as uh, Mask lit the first of the totem poles. And we immediately got the attention. So we got down the ground. We did our movement. I put up spirit guardians and spiritual weapon. And you um, moved into position and champion challenged. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, I I wanted a really low initiative because they a couple of them were out of range. And I would have to move into range. But I wanted them to come to me a little bit. So I'm like, I I want a low initiative. Make me go as low as possible. Let them get closer. And then I will champion challenge all of them to stay basically focused on you and I. But more so me. So that first round, it was more or less us getting set and Mask starting that totem on fire. And then because we had their attention, um, Lars and... Porsche were able to make their uh, stealth checks with advantage to get down to the cavern floor. Um, we didn't actually start combat that round, did we? 
Um, you know, no, because our first turn of that round was our setup. Uh, your spirit guardian spiritual weapon, my champion challenge, and my blur took my bonus and action. So we didn't deal any damage, but we just set up to be a major pain in the ass. And and we were standing just shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And so my spirit guardians had you inside the radius. So anybody that approached you close enough to damage you was also going to be in spirit guardians. Yep. And due to the nature of my champion challenge, they all were compelled. Well, not all of them. I think two of them passed their check, but literally everyone else failed and they were all compelled to fight me specifically. And they couldn't go any further than 30 feet from me. So they pretty much had to come into the spirit guardians, whether they liked it or not. So once we were set, um, there was a shaman that was out of the range of your spell. And yeah. immediately hexed you. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, oh, we're going to have trouble with that, with that uh, shaman. And when, um, because I figured they were just going to stay back and throw spells. And um, so round two, when it came to uh, Keelan's turn, I was using spiritual weapon and uh, taking the dodge action. So I was kind of blurred, not exactly, but uh, having uh, everyone else have disadvantage to uh, hitting me anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, in that first round, um, you also got shot at by the leader who was kind of up on a little plateau. And he didn't hit you, but uh, the, I mean, he didn't completely miss you, but uh, he didn't hit your armor class. And Teddy said that it hit like a ballista bolt, drove you back like three feet when the arrow impacted. Yep. So it was, it was probably going to do a lot of damage. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we ever saw one of those actually hit one of his crossbow bolts hit. By the way, it was like a crossbow, but it was hitting like a ballista. Oh, I thought it was a, like a longbow and it was hitting that hard. uh, You might be right. I, he, he hit me the one time. Well, he didn't hit me, but he shot at me the one time, and then I was just too focused on trying to kill everyone else. And I was like, "I'm like Portia and Lars and Mask. They're like they can take care of everyone else. I got, I got, I got, I got all these jobbers all around me that I just can't take my attention away from, nor do anything else except just go toe to toe with them." So in that second turn, we did start fighting in earnest. Um, They got close enough that they start getting chewed up by spirit guardians and your sword, and then um, that same round in round two, Mask got the second totem pole started on fire using that flame rune again, and um, Lars and Portia engaged the shaman, which was a, which was a huge deal because we could have been kind of undone by just letting a magic user tee off on us from behind yep um i wanted to get the shaman in my champion challenge but they hexed me and ran away and ran out of range and it it just wasn't worth it for me to get them back into range and then champion challenge it was way more beneficial to get all the other 
jobbers to just focus on you and me and then we can have uh Porsche, Mask and Lars do pretty much cleanup duty or just t- tackle on the stragglers um and they they did they did very well um it's pretty hard to fight up against three Goliaths when both of your frontline melees are surrounded by everyone else but given the circumstances they did great they held their own um, I don't think anyone was taking any real damage at this point. They had mostly what they had to deal with because we had most of the um, warriors and the three berserker guys. And one of the Goliaths was kind of focused on our group too, taking range shots. Um, they had two of the Goliaths, the leader, and the bulk of the controlled Thrykeen. Mm-hmm. Only two of the controlled Thrykeen had come to us. I think it was two. Yeah. And so uh, in round two, they severely messed up that shaman. Um, I don't did, is Was that a, that was that a psychic lance out of Lars or? Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, Lars, Lars opened up with a psychic lance and Portia followed it up with her newly acquired, uh, gun blade. um, don't know how the mechanics of that work, but very interested that it's now a thing and we can see it. Um, pretty sure that thing hits relatively hard, or if not harder than I imagined. But I, like I said, I don't know anything about it. She uh, she used it a couple times, and I didn't catch a look at the at the damage modifier. But she had like a plus nine or something to attack with it. And it's also worth noting that uh, the enemies that they had to face were, um, like I said, the bulk of the controlled Thrykeen. But each time that Mask lit one of the totems on fire, it more or less paralyzed them for a round. It was like they were being instructed and then they were rebelling against their instructions and had to be re-instructed by the leader to continue fighting. Yeah. So... um, that, that bought them a little time. So, um, once again, we went in as the shock troops to draw the, the horde, which we did, which lessened what they were going to have to face. But then they were behind us taking care of things that, because we were surrounded by the horde, we couldn't deal with. Um, so it was, it was working pretty well and you and I weren't getting touched. Absolutely not. We weren't seeing a single hit point of damage no that i got about i think like six turns worth a worth a blur out of it and i was just you know like this person attacks recklessly on top of me it misses i think i might have had to shield a couple times um but i think those were more opportunity attacks uh which we'll get to in a bit but yeah just the majority of the attacks and they even had pack tactics which then canceled out my blur, but even still then I was just, they couldn't touch me and you were dodging. They couldn't touch you. Um, and the spirit guardians were just chewing them up every single round. And then I was just, I, I took this fight seriously. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to be surrounded. Um, I did my Hexblade curse, which is kind of like a hunter's mark with a, few different abilities um but i i'm like all right if i'm if i'm gonna be sitting here in the midst of everything i'm gonna i'm gonna take it serious 
I'm gonna get down to the nitty gritty of it and all. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant plant my feet and make sure you know where the center of attention while no one else can get hurt, like Portia or Lars or Mask. Um, and yeah, we just are that the champion challenge blur with the spirit guardians and the spiritual weapon just tore through these guys. Well, and so the great part about what you were doing is you were moving that that mark around to whoever you were going to hit. And once they got to the point where the spirit guardians would take care of them, you moved your mark and went to another target. So it was just going like clockwork. Yeah. I, for context, I have to move that mark. If I kill my target and the mark is, if I kill my target with the mark, I can't re, I can't bonus action, move it. So I had to keep it on a healthy target to get the benefits of it. Well, it worked out because uh, you seemed like you were moving it at just the right times. Yep. So, um, and these guys, uh, you know, especially like the Berserkers, they could hit for some damage. And uh, we just weren't getting touched. It was was very exciting for our characters to just be in the middle of a mob and, uh, and tearing them apart. I know it was it was awesome just to see the amount of tokens surrounding us and there's just you and me in this little blue circle around us and we're just killing we're just slaying it was great that was a fantastic combo that we should probably utilize more yes we should so uh round three rolls around Lars and Portia took out the shaman and which was a huge deal um they, uh, they took care of that shaman pretty efficiently. And then they started working on the Goliaths. Uh, and then Mask started moving from the totem poles up to the raised plateau where the leader was shooting from. So once again, he's going to take care of a threat outside of our kill radius. And, um, you know, uh, Lars and Portia are keeping the Goliaths off of us. So, um, and I'll say this more than once, I'm sure during this podcast, I think that this is the best, uh, synergistic combat our group has ever done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was great. We, I mean, putting aside you and I's back to back final stand combo. I mean, mask was taking out, um, not not enemy targets, but like, you know, the totem poles. He was destroying the totem poles, uh, delaying the Thrykeen, giving uh, Portia and Lars time to not have to worry about the Thrykeen and focus on the Shaman and throw a couple spells towards the Goliaths. Um, and then when Mask was done, he's just like, all right, I'm going to go take care of the, the big bad guy shooting off bolts on top of a, on top of the cliff. You know, he'll take care of that problem for us. And, you know, we, it was just like clockwork. It was clockwork, well-oiled machines, you know, like all the gears were turning, everything was in place. We were all just like, we were on top of it. And he moves like a cheetah. I mean, yeah. um, so um, when, when Mask decided to go after the leader, they moved how far in one round? I think like ninety go ninety. Yeah, in one round, and yep. so uh, that was round three. 
by round four, he was engaging the leader with a poison dagger. Hmm. And so, yeah. Um, okay. Then, um, and, uh, it, starting in, uh, round three, uh, I don't know if that's when Lars started with the heavy artillery. Um, uh, how many lightning bolts did he shed that, that, this fight, like three total? Um, at least two at least that I two. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he could have done three. I don't, I only, I specifically remember two. Um, I don't remember a third, but I could be wrong. But yeah, he was, um, according to your notes, I'm going to steal this from you. He was dropping lightning bolts like Zeus. Yes, absolutely. So, um, okay. So, um, round four, we were pretty much, we pretty much had the mobs surrounding us cleaned up. There were a few of them that were still alive, a couple of the berserkers, but they were getting ready to die to spirit guardians. Yeah. Um, and this is where I had to start looking at timing because, uh, two of the Thrykeen had closed and I didn't want to kill them, but I hadn't left anyone but our group out of the, uh, basically I can set who is and isn't affected by the, the spirit guardians. And I had only selected our group to not be affected. So while I didn't want to kill them, you know, they were attacking us and I wasn't going to just take damage for no reason. So, um, but the, but the guys that I did want gone were going before the Thrykeen. So I figured that I could, um, have them take their damage and then drop the spirit guardians or move out of range. But we had a surprise Mm -hmm. and round four, the Manticore showed up and came out Mm -hmm. from behind the waterfalls near us. Probably yeah. only about 30 feet away from us, right? Um, I think that this was another big map where each tile was um, 10 feet. So I would probably say it was closer to 60 feet away from us, but he closed within 30. And then um, this is when you broke away from me to go and uh, put some damage on the Manticore while I cleaned yeah. up the guys that we had left, all the jobbers. Um, I like the, the remaining jobbers were like two berserkers and they were probably within like single digit HP. I really wasn't concerned about them at all. I'm like, it would be a waste of a turn for me to melee attack them because I'll just die to the spirit guardians anyways. So I, oh, well, I'll mention this real quick. When the manticore erupted from the spring, that was closest to you and I towards like the top left of the map. Um, he did a ranged attack and with his tail and did some spikes. Um, I got one of them got past my AC and did 10 damage, but I had 12 temp HP. So this was the first time I was taking damage this entire fight. Um, so I'm like, eh, I don't really want to waste a shield for that. Um, cause I'm like this, this might be. Uh, a serious fight and i was like uh it's just temp hp i'm not really losing anything i don't want to shield it because it's just it, it it just to me some to me i was like it didn't make any sense but i realized the manticore is a problem like lars and portia and mask are all on the other side of the right hand map 
the Thrykeen are no longer stunned anymore, and they're actually being combatants towards us now. Uh, Porsche's getting flanked constantly. Lars is slinging out Thunderbolts. Mask is climbing his way up to the the Goliath guy. So I, I'm like, this is going to be a problem, and you and I essentially have to deal with this Manticore with a couple barbarian Jobber still alive. So at this point, I was like, okay, not worried about these, the remaining barbarian dudes. They have low enough HP, they'll die regardless. I'll I'll move, taking attacks of opportunity. Um, not really expecting them to hit, but they did, uh, which forced me to shield anyways. Um, which excuse me. I was thinking about that today, and I think I still did the right thing, because even if I did shield from the Manticore attack, shield only lasts to my next turn, so I would have I would have had to shield anyways from their op- attacks of opportunity. Uh, but that being said, I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm going to deal with this Manticore. <laughs> uh, I just hit 5th level Warlock. Uh, and I'm a Hexblade with Pact of the Blade as my boon i guess so Um, third level paladin fifth level warlock third level paladin fifth level warlock i'm literally only a paladin in name at this point um but all those things added up to my eldritch smite is finally unlocked i did not think i would be using it literally the session after i unlocked it (laughs) But I knew this Manticore was a problem, and if it was left unchecked, it could run house on us. I mean, at, m- most everyone has full HP, if not untouched, but there are still a lot of enemy combatants on the field, and this is a priority target I didn't want to anyone to deal with. First of so, all, it flies. So it could have just yeah. flown up and started blasting with, with tail spikes. Yeah. And, uh, and also to my mind anyway, like I said before, this was one of the big bads that we had to face on the map. Right. So we knew this was here. Um, we knew this was coming. Um, so it wasn't too much of a surprise that it showed up to fight us anyways. But anyways, I left the, my position to square off against the manticore taking attacks of opportunity forcing me to shield because some of them went past my ac unfortunate but that's fine that left me with two spells left uh, a third level spell a third level warlock spell and a first level paladin spell and i did my um my epsilon strike is what i'm calling it now and so i did my swing uh landed the hit and due to Teddy's house rules, I can take on two points of exhaustion and turn a hit into a crit. So I wanted this thing dead, and I did that. I Eldritch smited him, I Divine smited him, and I turned it into a crit, doubling all that damage. And I believe, I apparently, I was rolling 8d8 on a normal hit, but with a crit, I'm now like 16d8 uh, worth of damage. Yeah, this was huge. And essentially, I think I did uh, 83 damage in total with the combined efforts of the smites, the green flame blade, the the damage from my sword itself, and the uh, hexblade curse. 
because I moved my curse over to the Manticore because I'm like, this thing's going to, if I'm going to hit this thing, I'm going to do it with all my might. Um, and I one shot the thing. Yeah. Took it off, 80, took it off the map completely. 80 plus damage and it went down. Yep. So, um, which that was, uh, that was pretty exciting because that was a pretty big monster. Yeah. So and I'm, I, I teased the Epsilon strike um, in the last podcast. So, uh, again, I wasn't wasn't expecting to use it this soon. But, yes, that, that teaser from the last podcast was the obviously the Eldritch Smite. But what I was teasing at was taking on exhaustion levels um, for a crit. And when I did this, I knew this would take me out of the fight. Because two levels of exhaustion is disadvantage on ability checks and half movement speed. So I'm like, if I'm committing to kill this thing, all I can do after this to help clean up the Goliath is just Eldritch Blast. Move 10 feet, Eldritch Blast. Move 10 feet, Eldritch Blast. Like, that was all I could do because I had no more spell slots at this point. But at the time, I thought this was the pinnacle of the fight. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I don't care. Um, I'll take care of the Manticore and everyone else can clean up the Goliaths. Well, and, and we also thought we were in good shape because Mask, by this point, had a poison dagger into the leader and had intimidated the leader so badly that they quit fighting, dropped their weapons and quit fighting. Kind of a pseudo-surrender. So, to my mind, what we have left is some Thrykeen that we have to try to not kill, but also... Um, two or three Goliaths that we needed to mop up. Yep, that's how my thought process was too. I'm like, we got handful of enemies, incapacitate the Thrykeen, take care of the Goliaths. Obviously, the two uh, barbarians were still alive, but they were dead to Spirit Guardians next turn, anyways. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna remove myself from this fight because I can't move and I won't be able. I'm so far away from everyone that by the time, even if I move and dash, I can only move twenty feet. Um, so it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. So I'm like, I'm just going to remove myself from this fight and sling Eldritch Blasts because at least that's, at least I can still be helpful, but that's all I could do. So this was another instance of the, of the cog turning, uh, very smoothly. Mask had also taken a, um, a brooch from the leader. And <clears throat> when they did so, the Thrykeen quit fighting and Mask basically told them, uh, or maybe he didn't have to tell them, they just turned on their captors at that point. So the Thrykeen that had been fighting us all of a sudden were on our side. So they were helping with the Goliaths. And so I saw that you had taken down the uh, Manticore, and I'm like, okay. So I moved far enough away from the two wounded Thrykeen, and I needed my spiritual weapon to hit. It was the, um, it, in order for it to kill the last of the Berserker guys. And it did. And um, so uh, they ended up dying, and I moved far enough away that it didn't affect the Thrykeen when um, their turn came around. But I was moving towards the Goliaths because I thought that's where the last of the fight was when Teddy had us make perception checks. And uh, I think we all kind of noticed it except maybe Mask. Uh, 
but Portia and I saw it right away. As our enemies were falling, the ground was soaking up their blood. So uh, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, so is there are these uh, stalagmites like teeth and there's something underneath the ground or is it something that we've got to deal with the altar or didn't know because each time that one of the totems got burned, the whole cavern shook. So uh, I thought, you know, there's some magic at work here something like that. We're going to have to get rid of before we leave. And right after I had moved a, undead giant frost giant comes erupting up through the ground in the center of the map in the center of the map and i am within 10 feet of it so you is mean. lars yep <laughs> and the only reason you weren't is because you had gone over and killed the manticore <laughs> yep and then my speed was half so i couldn't move hardly anywhere <laughs> mask was way far east um with a leader and uh, Portia was kind of southeast from the uh, eruption, uh, working on some goliaths. But as soon as it erupted through the ground, it took spirit guardian damage, um, which was the only damage I think I... No, it wasn't. But it there wasn't much more that I did in this fight against it. Um, so it took the spirit guardian damage and turned around and hit me with, okay, so it had a 10-foot radius of numbing cold. Lars and I both missed our saves. And I got to tell you, this this fight, saves were being missed on the reg. Not just by us, by the opponents too. Yep, enemies and allies alike, everyone was missing their saves. So uh, Lars and I both got uh, caught up in this and... It numbed us to where we could only take uh, either an action or a um, a bonus action. We couldn't do both. And so then the giant had a, another special treat for me and hit me with this, what, what was it called, an icy gaze or icy stare? Yeah, I think that's along the lines, yeah. And which would paralyze me incapacitate me and uh, do like 35 damage. And I missed my save. So uh, I used a inspiration and I missed my save. So I used a lucky (laughs) and I missed my save. (laughs) I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So uh, I took the 35 damage as soon as I became paralyzed, um, I, any hit that I would take would be a crit, and um, also my spirit guardians fell uh-huh. because it's a concentration spell. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, I'm no longer dodging. I'm just standing there, and the giant takes a swing at me, and he hits. Uh-huh. And... I went from having, let's see, I did some math here. Uh, So was I getting 11 or 12 temp HP from you? Uh, At this point, 12. All right. So um, I had 67 natural hit points. So you 
brought that up to 79 total hit points. And I hadn't been scratched this fight. Mm-hmm. And I went down to six hit points in one mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap, I'm so dead because I'm still paralyzed. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm paralyzed until my next round. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, Lars had been taking some damage. Um, so he was hurt pretty bad by this point. He was getting flanked by the Goliath. The Goliath, yeah. He was getting hit by crits. And, and I think I think um, some silvery barbs out of Porsche to try and like reduce the at least like reduce it from a crit. He was still taking hits. So getting just messed up. Other than helping with the Goliaths, Lars was the reason I was headed that direction. Yeah, I'm going to do some healing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it went the other way. (laughs) Um, So I'm thinking, well, wonder what character I'm going to play after this one. (laughs) (laughs) I was really, (laughs) I was really in that situation. I was just like, I think this is bad because. Tabane can't even get to this giant because of the exhaustion. Yep. And Lars is in no position to, in no condition to, um, you know, engage it for me. And Porsche's pretty far to the east. Um, uh, I think even, she, I, I know Porsche can heal, but I think it um, around now is when she was like getting kind of tapped out on spell slots even. So she might have had a couple up her sleeve. I don't know how much she had. So pretty much it was just me with 15 points of lay on hands as healing and no spell slots. And whatever Portia had remaining, albeit a first level and a second level or two first levels. I don't know how or no first levels and only a second level. I don't know what she had, but I knew she could heal. So pretty much our main healer squad, which um, is you and Lars are going down quick. And uh, so (laughs) we are, uh, we're not looking very good. No. And so this, (laughs) uh, but then you, Portia and Lars saved me because Lars hit me with a upgraded uh, healing word that gave me um, on the order of 20 hit points. And Portia also hit me with a healing word that gave me uh, less than 10, but it was, you know, um, I think was, was it mass that was describing it as a bandaid? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, at our level and 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 the amount that those spells do, it pretty much is. I mean, you're you're casting like a a D eight worth of HP plus like modifiers and whatever, and we're in like the like fifties to high sixties of HP now. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Between the two of those, I thought, okay, I can take one hit. Yeah, I thought the same thing. So I was like, okay, I've, I had six of my own plus Lars's 20 and this. I might be able to get away with taking one hit. Uh, but it ended up, ended up I didn't have to because then you um, did a, was it, what champion's challenge this time was it? Or 
What was no, it? a champion challenge is something I can do because I am an Oath of the Crown Paladin. So that's just, it doesn't take a spell slot, it doesn't take concentration, it is just a save um, versus my DC, and I can affect any number of people within a 30-foot um, radius around me. Um, but be, I do have an actual, like, compelled dual spell prepared as well. Um, it comes innately prepared because Paladin, Oath of the Crown, and whatever. That is a single target duel, not a everyone come hither. It's a, like, you come hither. So, this point, I am pretty much using every single damn thing I have in my kit. I harness divine uh, power to gain a spell slot. Uh, I chose second level. Um, I didn't have very many second levels. I need to look at my character and put some more spells on there. Um, but it's, it's like, whatever. I'll, it's not a third level, so I couldn't Eldritch Spite. Um, so I gave myself the option of second level spells, um, and with the notion of upcasting a first level spell, whether it has benefits or not, it can still be upcasted. But I saw this warrior, undead frost giant, come out of the ground. I can't get any closer to it. It is messing you guys up left and right. So I had the idea of just like, I, I probably around now is when I was like, I was the most healthiest on the field because you were down to six. Lars was under half. Portia was, I think she was looking fine, but she's taking some hits and mask was getting messed up a little too by the, uh, the giant. But I think I was the most healthiest on the field. So I, I, uh, Compelled duel, that's the name, sorry, it forgot me for a second. I compelled dueled the uh the frost the undead frost giant because I'm like I, I, I there was nothing more I could do. I could Eldritch Blast it, sure, but that doesn't save you guys. So I'm just like I'm I'm dueling the giant so to buy you guys time. Uh I figured I would live at least a turn um in this dueling. And then at least buy you guys two turns worth of healing each other or regrouping or whatever. Because I once I duel this, the giant, like, the, the, the spell breaks if an ally of me attacks him, the spell breaks, or I attack someone else other than him. So I was pretty much like, you and me, let's go. Everyone else, regroup. Uh, finish off the Goliaths if you can, or just get ready to dump everything you have left on this this frost giant while I just do my come hither motion, you know, and just hope for the best. So the giant's attention got diverted from us. Uh, also, a uh, couple of things uh, about your dialogue. I don't think Mask had taken a hit from the, the leader. Or if he had, it was really, really minor. Um, he had, uh, well, I want to say they had most of their uh, HP, if not all, because they got up there and just messed him up right away with the poison dagger. Um, and also, oh. Lars had, had actually lined up two of the Goliaths with a single lightning bolt. Um, so that was a that was a great round for Lars. But this was before the um, the giant showed up. But uh, so anyway, uh, when the giant started paying attention to you, I became unparalyzed. Um, 
the round after the the stair and uh i threw a uh healing word on let's see how did it work i don't so basically i had i had to save one of the thrykeen that had gone down fighting the goliaths so i yep. think that i did a um i think that i did uh, a heal on Lars and the Thrykeen that round and kind of got Lars up to half-ish. Uh, and Lars and Portia both hit me with healing and the uh, the giant was going over to you. At this point, the leader decides that the fight's not going to go their way tries to attack Lars. Lars shoots him and he falls off of the little plateau he was on. And then all the Thrykeen kind of go and start <laughs> chewing on the mostly dead body to make it really dead. Um, and we, so when the giant went over to you, it gave us, the time that you were talking about to recover. Um, yeah. It engaged you right away, and uh, much like the Manticore, <laughs> uh, basically it took you down and around, didn't it? Yeah. Um, he, I missed my saves, so I was frozen and paralyzed and all the jam and you know, since I was paralyzed, it was a crit, and it did all this damage here and there. And he took me down to negative two. That's how much he did. Which means if I didn't take damage from that manticore early on, I actually would have lived. But I went down uh, without a fight. <laughs> I got what was coming for me. He, I, I was like, come hither, and he came hither. And just... Took me out of the fight, took me out of the equation, and put me in his pocket, which is now the second time a frost <laughs> giant has done this to me. That's a running theme. Um, they must like elven paladins. Apparently. <laughs> so, um, the round that that was happening to you, I used one of my fourth level slots to summon a... Uh, it's not spirit guardians. It's guardian of faith, guardian of faith. Yeah. So, um, and I put it between us, uh, meaning Portia, Lars and myself and the giant, but right next to it. So if the giant moves, it will be within that 10 feet trigger and it will, um, take either 20 or 10 damage depending on if it makes it save and um, the guardian is active until it deals out 60 damage so or is it 40 it's it might be 40 damage so um, either two full-on hits or um, you know four saved hits or whatever combination makes 40 um, but uh, so I was expecting that to go off the following round, but Lars comes up with a, uh, Tasha's uncontrollable laughter. Idiot's laughter. Yeah. 
And yeah, I, I always get confused on the new name. It used to be in second edition. It was Tasha's uncontrollable, hideous laughter. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, the giant missed its save <laughs> and started. And I think Lars called it a poo poo head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it starts laughing from this. And every time that it misses its save and is laughing, it just keeps going poo-poo head and laughing more and more. So that was pretty funny. And it gave you time inside the giant's pouch. You made your death save. So you became yes. conscious. Yes. And, uh, then, I, and then what? From a, yeah. From a previous attack, I think it was Portia Sillery Barbs an attack or a, a saving throw or some th- sort of thing. And she gave me, um, advantage. Um, albeit what, w- and that could be my next saving throw, ability check, attack, whatever it was. Well, it just so happens my next saving throw was my death save. So I had advantage on my death save and I failed the first one, but had advantage. So I roll again and I crit my death save coming back with one HP again. History repeats itself. The last time this <laughs> happened and I was in a frost giant sack, I was down and critted and came back to life. But I was still within this giant's aura um, and failing that save as well. Um, I could still only do bonus or action, not one or the other, not both. So I had a potion on me and I'm like, well, I can fight with one HP and go down immediately or I can sneak in some healing and maybe take one more hit um probably still will go down but at least i'm over half um in the in the end of things so i took a potion of greater healing as an action got the full benefits of that and then um you guys all did your turns of um attacking and hideous laughter and whatever and i was just still like I was still in the pouch and I'm like, okay, I'm going to use all my lay on hands to, you know, bolster myself up a little bit more. And then, and then I would be like, okay, I'm, I, this is all the healing I can do. I can't literally can't do anything more. And then I'll start attacking. And while those two rounds were going on, um, I put up another, uh, guardian of faith. So there were two standing right next to that giant and I'm just waiting for it to make a save so that it can move. And then finally it does. Um, at this point, Mask was on their way over to the fight. And uh, not there yet, but getting closer. And we were getting ready to engage it. And it finally made a save and it moved towards, because I talked to it in Giant. It said, over here, big boy. And he came right through those two guardians of faith and missed a save made a save. So took 30 from the guardians. And then you also, um, hit it. And I think I also hit it with my spiritual weapon that was still hanging around. Yeah. From all this time ago. Yeah. So I hadn't been able to move it for a long time because I was using my bonus actions for heals and, Mm -hmm. So it was the last round of my uh, spiritual weapon. So um, I ended up doing decent damage for once, 30, like eight or something like that. 
um, between all my attacks. And, um, you know, Lars and, and Portia were on it. I think Mask was the only one that didn't throw something because they weren't in range yet. And then you stabbed it, uh, ran a scampered up its arm and stabbed it through the chin, right? Yep. Uh, and I was able to do so because Winifred came from, uh, from the eastern side of the map. He came more towards the center of the map and did his bonus action of Mastermind, I believe that's the name of it, giving me advantage on um, my next attack on the Frost Giant. Um, and something I personally liked about um, Mask and his character is he just, um, he was like give, trying to give Tavane a signal of like when to attack, you know, like in-game, you know, justify what he was doing. Well, not justify, that's the wrong term, but in-game explaining what he was doing. And he was like, all right, the the when you hear a scream, uh, that's your cue to attack. And like his next message was, Mask then screams. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> But yeah, with with the combined efforts of everyone involved, um, I got my revenge, uh, mainly because you guys did all the damage, and I did a green flame blade and whacked him in the face, and because my green flame blade does fire damage, it negated his uh, I come back to life ability, uh, which was great, because I I don't know if it would have been a problem, I'm pretty sure we had the... um, the resources to uh, overcome this ability. But essentially what it is, is when the zombie frost giant goes to zero, he has to make a DC save of some kind and comes back at one HP. But this doesn't happen if the damage is fire, radiant, or a crit. Um, This ability doesn't go off and he stays dead. Well, I would have had spirit guardians back up the following round, but, uh, I wanted to drop both of my fourth level spells first. So, Oh yeah, I totally get that. I mean, those things do a fixed amount of damage. Um, they don't require concentration, so you could probably sling them as many as want as you want. Like you, you put those out there and like, okay, things are turning around for us. Now it's just who, how can we get out alive? All right. So, uh, that, the giant went down, and essentially that was that. Um, we didn't have – that was uh, quite a fight. And if the first part hadn't been done so well by everybody and everybody doing their own thing to pitch in on the fight. I mean, so, you know, we drew the crowd. Then Lars and uh, Portia took care of the shaman and engaged – the Goliaths mass took care of the totem poles and the leader. If everybody would, and then also critically turn the Thrykeen onto our side, uh, to help with the Goliaths. And if all of this hadn't just happened like clockwork, like I said, I think this is the most synergistic fight that we've ever done. Then, uh, we wouldn't have had a shot against this giant. Um, so, uh, anyway, we found out that the altar that we had seen one of the Thrykeen sacrificed on actually was the tombstone for this giant. And that it was uh, desecrated ground now. So Keelan took an hour to cast ceremony and um, consecrated the ground again. And 
So, and Smiter of Nightmares approved of that. Yes. Um, and while I was doing that, um, Portia cast an identify on, um, that brooch. And we found out that it was, uh, made from the remains of a stillborn Thrykeen queen. And, um, it, it had these pheromones that compelled the Thrykeen to obey, like the, where was the queen? Um, <clears throat> so then, um, and also, while that was all going on, um, we did find some loot. Um, oh, the leader's bow that had been uh, such huge potential damage had flown up into the air of its own volition, spoke to us, and said, what? Uh, something about that we had thwarted its plans. Uh, let's see. Um see. Uh, I'm trying to find what it said, too. Uh, let's check over here. Oh, it said uh, its plans had been foiled, and then it flew off to the west. Um, and also, uh, oh, maybe it wasn't the brooch that got identified, because when the giant turned into ash it left behind a horn that shrunk down when one of us grabbed it to human sized and we found out that if a bard uh, or someone that can give inspiration uh, or a bardic inspiration if they blow the horn and then uh, give that inspiration within the same round the inspiration gives maximum possible effect. Which is pretty awesome. Um, I, which I, I like this. This is awesome. Um, but when I first heard it was a horn and it was from a frost giant, um, I immediately went to Norse mythology and I'm like, this is Gallarhorn. I'm like, this horn will summon Ragnarok. Oh no. <laughs> um, but, it wasn't that. It was just a uh, max benefit from any bardic inspiration. So, which um, is great. Um, Lars has got now a, a a new weapon in his arsenal, and we were all making jokes on how uh, how it would sound. And I think my favorite one out of um, all the jokes was just um, when Lars will blow the horn. Um, it'll just be a very loud wink. Because that's how he gives us bardic inspirations is he just, you know, gives us a little wink and we all feel inspired. <laughs> um, and also the uh, main Goliath guy's uh, great axe was called, um, no, it didn't have the name. Uh, I have his name. It was Hallrick Bonesnapper. His great axe was a plus one. And we found um, a chest full of tributes, um, 2,000 gold, 8,000 silver, 100 platinum, 700 copper, and 1,150 gold piece gemstones of various kinds. So 4,357 gold pieces worth. 
So it should be close to 900 for each of us out of that. Uh, and then, let's see, other than that, oh, then we went through <clears throat> a thraking ritual because none of them had died. Um, so it was important that I actually healed that one. Um, they did a ritual that lasted like four hours on us while we were taking a long rest. Um, and so it was, uh, them kind of dancing and an alien sounding song. And they covered us in their pheromones, literally and spiritually. So it was some sort of blessing. So we became mildly psychically bonded to them. And for the next year, we aren't affected by the traveler's curse. And uh, when we told them that Tick Tick was the one that sent us on this quest, they kind of like, well, we always thought Tick Tick was a little weird. We may have to reevaluate. So, and that was, uh, and that was it. We, we started uh, really on time, did maybe 15 minutes of planning, and the rest of this was battle. Yeah. It was very heavy, very, um, word is escaping me. Uh, it was, it was great. Um, I will say just based off of everything that happened and how synergistic we all were, this is probably my favorite session. Uh, yeah, I would say so too. Not just because how, uh, how we interacted with one another and everything went off well, it was uh, suspenseful because, first of all, it was, you know, we were in the thick of what could be potentially life-threatening and it wasn't affecting us. Then, when we thought the big bad showed up, we took it out easy. Then the real big bad showed up and we got put on our asses and then we were able to come back from that. Yeah. Uh, so there were wild swings. Everybody was doing you know, and helping each other and doing the stuff that, uh, made it all possible. So uh, I would say this is probably my favorite session as well. Um, the, um, the other session, um, being, uh, probably, well, I guess there were three sessions, the defensive storm reach. Yeah. Uh, and, and you didn't even experience the full, uh, defensive storm reach that was and i'm so so upset that you unfortunately missed out on those sessions and because they were just i mean they were pretty much like this fight except drawn out is you know as doable as possible but like we're gonna take losses or we're gonna you know people are gonna go down and it's like is this even possible you know uh, just the defense of Stormreach was so good, but this was this fight. I mean, it was. I'll tell you what: when you got eight people swinging at you and no one makes contact, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> and then the was. next turn, they all die because your buddy is doing spirit guardians and dishing out damage as well. That's fun. So uh, we both in this fight, we got to be the lawnmower and the grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, okay. Well, that was a session. It was a great one. I had a lot of fun. Um, you have a, um, Eldritch Blast report. Yeah. 
I do. Uh, my cantrip report because um, you didn't toll the dead. Uh, I did not. Today. Not a single time. Um, so, my cantrip report for the night, for the yesterday session, I was 100% accurate with both. Uh, for that session, <laughs> not altogether. Uh, but it's funny how I say this. Uh, last session, I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to melee a little bit more now that I got my Eldritch Smite. Oh boy, did I melee a lot. Uh, I Eldritch Blast once, and I meleeed four times. So, landed all four of my green flame blades, landed both of my Eldritch Blasts, because I snuck one in during all that. Um, this is raising my percentages from green flame blade from 64 to 75%. And Eldritch Blast from 63 to 65. Pretty solid. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any uh, any closing comments? Uh, we've been at for just over an hour. Um, I still have a level of exhaustion from that fight, <laughs> even with even after rest. a long rest. Yep. So we'll see how many Epsilon strikes are in the future uh, just because of the nature of recovery because um, I don't want to push myself too far because, you know, I hit six exhaustion levels. I'm dead dead. So. Yep, that's true. We got If we got a fight next session or anything, um, I'm already down a level of exhaustion. And if I do Epsilon strike, I'll be at three exhaustion. You know, it's, it's a tricky spiraling domino effect that I'm juggling right now. So what's one level of exhaustion give you? Uh, disadvantage to ability checks. But you're back to full movement. Yeah, I have full movement. All right. Uh, anything else? No. All right. Well, man, thanks again for uh, coming on and doing the recap with me. Uh, had a lot of fun last night and had a lot of fun doing this. And um, guess we'll uh, talk to you a little later in the week, yeah? Yep. All right. Uh, take care of yourself, and we will see you all again next week. <laughs> <laughs>